Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. Both myself and my co-host here. We're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, spend our weekdays with people like yourself. We broadcast on the weekends, being your financial advisors on the air. And I always appreciate uh, being with you and talking about the world of finances. And Money is a funny thing. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So Elaborate, please. Well, financial independence is almost a fleeting thing from an emotional standpoint. It seems to me that there are very few people that are totally confident in their finances. They will have some degree of confidence, but they always wish they had a little bit more than they have today. Yeah, but don't you think that that's just the human condition? Oh, we've got lots of weaknesses. Those no, humans, no, no, no question. No, no, yes. I mean, if, 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 think back. Like... If you had a store of wealth back in medieval days, well, if, yes, this is just part of whatever it was. You would build walls to try to protect it. Your resources, your resources, right? Whatever those were, which could be converted to food. Food being the most basic, yes, the most basic resource, yeah. food. Then Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> then Facebook. Finally, shelter. All right, so I got I got a funny story. So we have Netflix in our house. I have four children. They all we have one Netflix account. My oldest two, one is almost twenty six, lives in Denver. The other one's twenty four, Santa Barbara. Uh, they're still on my Netflix account, yes. right? And so my fourteen year old came to me. He said, "Hey, Dad, uh, Ruby and I we, we share the same Netflix account, and it's she's eleven, and so it's all." Uh, it's not even PG-13. Do you think I could have my own thing so I could get 14? Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, I yeah. she should be able to watch. At some point in time, she's going to have to make decisions. She's going to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High at some point in time. That, that might be rated R. Okay, I don't remember. I hope she doesn't watch that now I think about it. <laughs> okay. I better go check those parental look. settings. <laughs> better look. So, but my point is this. Uh, how money's like... You're only allowed five uh, users on one Netflix account, and this would have been six. So I thought, I'm going to have to dump one of my two kids. My first thought was my oldest, but my oldest came out of the womb kicking and screaming. I'm thinking, she's going to give me all kinds of hell for this. So, really? <laughs> yeah. So I thought, Blake is so easy. He's always the simplest kid. So you're going to drop him, <laughs> so, the path of least so resistance. Exactly. What I, so I dropped Blake, and then I thought, I better let him know. So I sent him a little email. They tease me that I email, not text. I sent him an email stating that uh, he's sorry, but I didn't get you off the Netflix. <laughs> Five minutes later, I get a text from my daughter. <laughs> what the hell? She says. I said, well, what do you, I said that was for Blake. She says, oh, I know. He told me immediately that he, that he got dropped. And she's like, why are you dropping? She was just kind of teasing oh. me. And I said, maybe you two can go in together. And buy your own. Yes, for seven bucks a month each <laughs> There you go. Exactly. I don't know how we went to this. Oh, because you. I talked about the, what we need. So money is a, started with money is a funny thing. Because. Neither one of my oldest kids, they, they each can afford Netflix. I understand. But people, sometimes regardless of how much money you have, relative to other people, you'll never get quite comfortable that you have enough. Yeah, I think, and sometimes those that are the best savers are the best savers because it's a little concern about the future, not knowing what's coming, better have ample resources stored up here, right? So we're storing up these resources, and it's sometimes more challenging for those people as they go into retirement. How do they feel comfortable spending any of these dollars? Which is a big part of retirement is not the amount of money you have, it's the comfort you have in the money that you have. That you've got, you, that you know it's enough 100%. there. That you've got a spending plan. You have a distribution plan in place so that you are comfortable that you're not going to run out of money. And overnight. Pat, at your point, having that income plan, I think, is one of the real keys there because you've worked hard, you saved up, you've got all these dollars in a variety of different investments. Hopefully, retirement time, 
uh, instead of trying to build a portfolio that's just to generate the income, treat it as the total return thing, and have X dollars sent to your, your checking account each month to live off, just like when yeah. you were working. Whether, whatever that dollar amount yeah, is, whether and learn comes, how to live within those. Dollars. And whether it comes from an IRA or Roth IRA or income or Social Security or, or pension or whatever. Or a combination of all that, of which those. Which is normally the case. Yeah. And, um, and that makes you much more comfortable in your retirement planning. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to join the program, 833-99-WORTH is the number. 833-999-6784. And again, um, if you're listening via podcast, you can join us at any time as well. We just schedule a time. Uh, you can call that number as well, 833-99-WORTH, or send us an email at questions at moneymatters.com. And let's start in Los Angeles talking with Mickey. Mickey, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi, Pat and Scott. Hi, Mickey. I'm, uh, hi, I'm happy to be on this call. Oh, good. Well, thank you. What can we do you. for you? Um, well, I help my father-in-law with his tax prep, and I have a tax question on his behalf. All right. And I kind of poked around online. I asked his tax, pre- tax preparer, and I, I can't seem to find a straight answer. So uh, here's the situation. Um, my mother-in-law had a long-term care policy. Uh, she maxed out the benefits by the time she passed away in 2015. When you say this she year, maxed out the benefits, my, she was uh, she receiving. was a recipient of the benefits. She was a recipient. Correct. Correct. Okay. And so she she used all the benefits. Um, it was a great thing to have for the situation. Yeah. So this year. My father-in-law received a letter from the insurance company that said that they conducted an audit of the policy and found out that she reached her maximum benefits prematurely uh-huh. and that additional benefits were actually due. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, so wait. So that as, wait, wait, yeah. wait. So does he mm-hmm, are they asking mm-hmm. for money back or they're going no, to give no, no, him no. money? They're going to give him money. Okay, how much so, are they going to give him? Well, we fill out the paperwork, notarized all that, sent it in. We're expecting, I don't know, maybe a little bit of money. It turned out to be quite a bit. So the additional benefits were $52,000. Okay. And then the int- and the interest was $62,000. Wait, so the oh, additional uh, benefits, so the interest was 62000 Yes, surprisingly. What? What? So, How long ago well, did she die? No, that doesn't make any sense. How long ago in, did she die? In 2015. How long was she on so, benefit? Oh, it was a few years. I, I don't know exactly how many years. So, a few years. Okay. And so, and how much benefit was the lifetime benefit of the contract itself? Was it a million dollars or? It was not a million dollars. It was... In the hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I don't know the exact okay. amount. Okay, all right. So well, I know. I think I know where you're going to go with so, the question, but ask well, it. Well, okay. So he 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 gets the two checks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking I'm trying to plan ahead for the tax situation, mm-hmm. and I want to add to his estimated tax payment in January. And so obviously the the interest is taxable. He's going to get a 1099 yep. interest for that. For the other money, he's going to get a 1099 LTC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that money is taxable or not. It may or, or may not part be. Part of it taxable. It, it, I that's what I I can't I can't seem to, yeah, to it, find the answer. It may to that. it may or may not be. So did he come out of pocket uh on any of the long-term care expenses for greater than $52,000 when she was alive? Well, my guess is yes. Okay, but, that's know, the argument that, that I would pay- make, and then that would be a reimbursement right. for that. Right. So I did because see that. It, it's a I saw settlement. That. It's a settlement of a benefit mm-hmm. that he actually had insured that would have come to him tax free, come to her and him tax free. Right. Um. You know whether you need to you know, find private letter rulings to this or if there's anything into the code. I don't know. Um, who does, who, are you the one who typically does the taxes? I do not do the taxes. I help him prepare and get all of his. Who does the taxes? Forms and paperwork together. He'll go to a tax preparer, but not a CPA. 
but I think in this situation, I'd go to a CPA. Going to need to use a CPA. I mean, yeah. there's some good enrolled agents that would know this as well. I'd, but there are also some that I wouldn't. And there's yeah. some CPAs that don't know much about yeah. current tax law either. But but even the ones someone who's they're gonna it's gonna cause a little bit of research. But at the end of the day, it's a reimbursement. Well, that's how I would argue it. Argue it. Yeah, 100. percent they they are they are calling it a reimbursement. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there are a couple of things I found. One, you know, some places say, "Oh, tax qualified benefits are tax free," and it is a tax qualified benefit. Um, I also saw that the amount that exceeds the medical expenses is taxable. Well, but but so see, we've got to go back I'm to 2015. Right. So this yeah. is, this is, is too six late years to file. later. You can't find them in a return. Yeah, this is six years later. So, I mean, yeah. you're going to. Can you find them in a return? Oh, I don't know if you can go back later. that far back. But it, 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 that was the question I asked first, which is, do you believe that that exceeded? Here's how I would approach this. I'd go to a CPA. I would say, I really don't want to. <laughs> I want to do everything in my power not to pay taxes on this amount that was right. reimbursed. So I would like to take whatever approach we need to legally. So that we that we don't have mm-hmm. to pay that, knowing that the, even if there is some sort of risk that that could be audited in the future, and that the interest, there's nothing you can do about. Yeah, the interest right, is there. Right. But even if you came back right. and they My, said the IRS threw it out, the this likelihood isn't the first that, time that this has happened. It, the likelihood that they would actually start charging interest and on penalties on that is relatively low. My guess is you'll be fine. Just go to a qualified CPA. Okay, that sounds good. And I'd use I'd make my tax estimate in January based upon the interest, not the additional amount. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. right. That sounds great. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. All right, Mickey. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's, um, that's like, that's (laughs) that's hilarious. (laughs) Like manna from heaven. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's now talk with Tom. Tom, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Uh, good morning and thank you for taking my call. Hi, Tom. Uh, back in 1995, I started getting serious about investing and I, opened a Fidelity brokerage account, and I uh, got into a variable annuity at that time. And after a couple years of researching and getting more involved in investing, I kind of realized that maybe that wasn't the thing I should be doing. So that was only about two or three years into it, and because of the surrender charges, I decided well, I'll put it all in the S&P index fund so I don't I don't have big fees and then maybe someday it'll be worth 100,000 and I just let it sit there since about 98. And today it's worth about 220. Uh-huh. And my my question is what do I do with it? Should I annuitize <laughs> it? You know, so, I don't know what Oh, so it's still really inside don't. the annuity. Yeah. Yes. The annuity is still there and, you know, it's just been growing over the years and I've never um, added another dollar to it since probably 98. And so I'm wondering. And back, back, actually, back in the ni- back in the nineties, capital gain tax rates were much higher. And so they were, I mean, there are times I recommend non-qualified annuities back then. I haven't in many years just because the tax, oh. the tax rates are much oh, more favorable now for capital gains. Back, you did back then, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, be the tax law changed. Yeah, so the tax. So investment doesn't live in a vacuum; it lives in a tax world. And so, investment. Your thesis is are based on what's going on in the tax environment as well as the investment environment. So, the the problem you have with this is that uh, either at death or at distribution. You're going to have ordinary income yep. taxes on it versus had you bought a straight right. S&P yep. 500 outside of annuity, you would get capital gains preference, which would have been which would have been better a better route for you to go. And uh, under current tax law, you would receive a step up in basis at death. So you don't have that, but you know that's water under the bridge. Um, do you have right. Do you have children? No. What's your plans with your estate when you eventually pass away? Probably, uh, I donate now, and it'll probably get donated. Easy. Easy. I mean, so if I were in your situation, I would view those dollars as the last dollars I spend. 
I would put it on the beneficiary, whatever charity or charities I want the dollars to go to. Because they're nonprofits, they pay no income taxes. All that tax, all that gain, all that ordinary income would be avoided at that point. Had you had children, I'd say you can have the distribution paid out over a number of years so that the, the, the taxation would be based upon their income tax rates. But not your own. But it, where you're at now, you can actually gift it to a charity now if you wanted. You don't have oh. to wait till you're Yeah, dead. but then it would, um, it would flow through his tax return, so it could cause some reduction of some other. Yeah, yeah. The best place to do it would be at a yeah. death. And okay. if it's some, and if you view these as the last dollars you spend, you probably would never need them unless you were in, required some sort of long-term care or something along those lines. And that, if that's the case, you've got high medical expenses to deduct off the, from the taxable income that would come out of the annuity. I got gotcha. you. You shouldn't redeem it. And you shouldn't annuitize no, no, it. No, 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 no. Do you need? Don't, don't do you need annuitize. any of the income from it? No. Yeah. Perfect. No. Just name the charity or charities as the primary beneficiary on it. Okay. And this might have been the right uh, move for you all these years because you didn't have any taxable dividends to re- uh, claim as time went on. Well, and I had other investments, right? So I didn't – it just sat there. Yeah, I didn't yeah. care about it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, the charity's going to care about it. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. I appreciate your uh, – your help on that, guys. Thank All right, you Tom. Very much. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It's, it's interesting how tax law will change over the years, and what might have been recommended at one time, not recommended another. But, but given what his situation is, actually, it was probably the perfect vehicle for it, him. It was actually turned out to be the best. Yeah. And we're in Salt Lake City with JD. JD, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Hey, fellas. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, I just want to say I really enjoy your show. To listen to it for about couple of years now just on podcasts awesome my kids think i'm a little crazy because i listen to it on our long road trips and oh, find, <laughs> find it quite humorous so, <laughs> uh, they don't enjoy it as much as yeah. i do <laughs> i get it yeah hey i got a question for you i i'm 46 years old um my wife and i've been in our current home about 15 years we we moved in about 2006 we thought we'd only be there for you know three to five years, and then everything collapsed in 08. And so we hung around for a little bit. We've enjoyed it, but we're looking at uh, building a, a new house. We bought a, a lot last year, and we're looking at building. And the house we're looking at building is probably going to be right around 1.2, 1.3 million. And our current home is about 600,000. So we'd be looking to take out a mortgage for six to 700,000. Your to current home's paid that. for? It's paid for, yeah. How old are your kids? And just uh, oldest is twenty-one, youngest is fifteen. Okay. How many do you have? Uh, four. Do you have any money set aside for their college expenses? No, I've been just helping pay for that through my business. I'm self-employed uh, general contractor. Okay. So a lot of the kids so far, well, either they're working, earning it on their own, or I'm just matching a little bit of their income to help help them pay Perfect. for it. Perfect. They'll appreciate it. I, yeah, they'll appreciate definitely. the education. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, they'd appreciate dad paying for everything, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, but, gonna... <laughs> but they appreciate the education more when they work for it. And so what... That's what I keep telling them. <laughs> and so your question is is what? Can you afford... So I guess the question is if I if I divert some of our savings. Currently, currently I'm, about, I'm saving about 42% of our income goes to savings. Oh. And uh, with retire, retirement accounts and stuff. And so what do you have, in, what do you have I, saved for retirement then? What do you have in savings? So currently with the Roths and HSA assets is about 382000 Uh Traditional 401k is about $70,000. Uh, taxable brokerage is sitting about four twelve. And then I've got your favorite asset class in crypto. Uh, okay. About 151 in there. 151,000? Yeah. Well, when that goes up, that should cover your whole house. I, I know. You just got to wait two weeks. <laughs> well, that's the plan. <laughs> but it's, it, it, always, it always drops 20% in two weeks. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and you had 70,000 in 401k, you said, correct? Seven zero. Correct. A traditional 401k. Okay. Yep. Um, so all, all in, I'm about one, just a little over 1 million in, in invested assets. Then plus, um, like they currently own our home, 
it's about six hundred thousand there. We paid cash for the property that's sitting at two thirty five. And what do you? And then we've got. What go do you? Ahead. What do you earn? Uh, we're, Last few uh, my years. net take home is about two twenty. What's your so question for us? So if I took some of that money, so and and took out a mortgage uh, for that six or seven hundred thousand, what what's that going to do to me? Is that a wise thing moving you're forward fine. to be able to look at retiring fifty five or sixty? If not, you're assuming if your income is going to, st- I mean, my, my biggest concern when you said I'm a general contractor, I'm like, uh oh. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what happens with the market cycles. Like, I'm not pretty. I don't yeah. know when the market's going to slow down in the housing market, but it's been on a tear, right? So, like, concern I have: what happens if if things slow down there? Your your income drops. Now you've got a big mortgage payment you got to make when things are down yeah. in value. And that's my worry. And and I was thinking, now you're well, 46. You're not 56 or 66. And your youngest is 15. Yeah. Does your wife work outside of the home? Uh, she does a little bit. She's just part time. Yeah, I think you could swing it. Yeah, I do too. I think you could swing it. I mean, you got okay. plenty of equity. Uh, You've got equity in the the property already. You're going to be coming in. You know, you're going to. There's a lot of there's a lot of 46 year olds that just have mortgages bigger than that on their own. Yeah, homes. and 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 make a <laughs> third less, of what you do. Income. Maybe not a third, but yeah, yeah. you could swing it. You're going to build the house yourself, I assume. I would, yeah. And so you've got you, you, you're, oh, yeah, and you're, you know how to you, you know where all the costs are. Yeah, you yeah. know how to c- keep the costs low. Yeah, poor sucker like me, I don't understand the oh, difference. Oh my though. gosh, you're like, don't worry about it. That marble's <laughs> almost free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't understand. I don't. Uh, I don't know the difference when an architect draws something like <laughs> how much you know how much is that. Whatever you call cost, <laughs> whatever you call, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I, yes. Yeah, or something. Uh, like, yeah, what is that? Soft, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> or like, or like, could I put a could I put a hot tub in? Sure. And then they don't tell you you have to repower to the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the street. That's all. That's in the fine print. <laughs> that is in the fine print. Actually, last time I remodeled a house, I told the contractor halfway through, "How about I just give you my my brokerage account? And you tell me what's left." Um, I'd you're pro- fine. I'd probably use, yeah. I'd just use a mortgage. I would too. Would you? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. just uh, and plan on and plan on having it paid off and... in the next twenty years. Okay, we just set it on a just not amortize it over twenty, but just pay it off over twenty. Put it on a thirty-year amortization. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, put it on a thirty-year uh, mortgage. Just give yourself some breathing room, and then put it on a twenty-year amortization table. And your costs—I mean, look—give yourself a few more years when the kids are out of. You'll be rich. <laughs> They're gone. That, that is true. That will we, I should save a little bit there. You know, well, think about it. So. Think about the gross family product right now. You've got all kinds. You've got one input, maybe a little from your wife. And how many outputs do you have on the GFP? Lots. And so when yeah. they all kind of float away, then their outputs go away and the inputs stay the same. The GFP will be fine. Okay. All right. That's a good way to think about it. I'm thinking he's 46. Right, well, he's 46 my- with the youngest 15. I'm 55 and my youngest is 11. <laughs> I know. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> You had them a little later in life than I, than I did. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Tell those kids to keep All listening right. to our show, please. I will. Thanks, guys. All right, Appreciate thanks. it. Right. Appreciate Appreciate it, it. Yep. Bye-bye. Hey, we have just a couple minutes before we got to take a quick break. But um, it seems to me, Pat, that the housing market, while there's some signs of cooling here and the, here there. A little bit of softening. Not a lot. It, and part of it is, uh, I think my opinion is this supply chain disruption and the fact that um, it is taking longer to build houses. So the inventory isn't coming online as fast as it could. Uh, And it is getting the intrinsic value of the houses actually making them more valuable, which is all that means is if I was building two houses next to each other and one or identical, one was finished two years ago and one was finished today, Assuming that the, the markets were completely flat, the one that I was building today would cost me anywhere from 10 to 15, maybe 20% more money. So automatically that's going to raise prices. Which is automatically raising prices. Where normally in a, in a normal environment, you would not expect to see housing prices or any commodity price run this long without some sort of softening. Well, although we're seeing in the stock market, <laughs> although we have started to see some softening there. 
it's just been um it's almost like a I mean it's a weird frenzy. I mean I just to you think about what I mean some places in some of the major metropolitan areas particularly on the coast a young family can will pay a million bucks or more for a very much starter home, a 50-year-old, 70-year-old starter home for a million dollars. Yes. And, on a tiny little slot. And that starter home is even more expensive now because the repairs to to bring it up to what they would consider a reasonable standard or remodel have gone up significantly. It's a strange strange environment. You we have started to see uh People flock from the uh, the coast to the center of the country. Oh yeah, on a, on account of this, um, especially young people. I, I mean, if you're a young person, I don't know how you can make, plan to live in San Francisco or Los Angeles yes. or New York or some of the other Washington D.C. For crying out loud, very expensive. Anyway, we're taking a quick break. We'll stick around for more. All worth money matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McClain. When you were part of our program. And we do thank our listeners because without our listeners, we would have, well, we might choose to get together and talk on an hourly basis on the week. <laughs> <laughs> pretend to do a radio pretend to do a radio show well there's lots of those how many podcasts oh, are there now millions yeah lots and lots of everyone's got a podcast i was talking to a um, buddy of mine that does, did a podcast for years i'm not sure if he still does it or not is he and a friend that did it i don't frankly enough they had any listeners but they what apparently there's like a whole community that they would all subscribe to one another's podcast to look like they have a lot of subscribers, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone ever actually listened to each other. Uh, uh, ghost listeners. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I, I hope you do enjoy this. Um, we're not new to the podcast game. Scott and I have been doing a radio show for 24 years? Six years. 26 years. Um, and so a little longer than that now. We have just moved to this Holy podcast cow. format. We do run on some terrestrial I can't radio promise stations. another 26 years. So, uh, <laughs> but if you do like this podcast, um, or if you like the radio show, subscribe to the podcast. If you like the podcast, um, would you go ahead and rate us? If you rate us and give us a high ranking, then other people see it and then we get more listeners. And a review. Although I tried to do a review for someone on uh, Spotify the other day, I couldn't figure it out. Oh, I gave up. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Too complicated. Because I switched my podcast to Spotify, I found it easier to... Well, you know, there are businesses. So we were in, uh, my family and I went to um, Phoenix, the desert, over um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And we went ATV riding, right? Uh, well, not ATVs, but you sit in these machines and you put... Did we do that like 15 years ago on a business trip? I have done it a number of times. Oh, yeah, you like it so much, you can't no, come back. Well, no, you sit, you sit in it. It's like a it's like Are a you doom it? buggy. Yeah, it's like a doom buggy. It's not an ATV. You're not sitting on top of doom. Basically, it's like getting in a wind tunnel and just having them throw sand in your face. Um, but what I was most impressed of was the guy took pictures of us and the family together at the end. And he's like, do you want a picture taken with your uh, vehicle? I'm like, absolutely not. Just take it with me and the kids. We'll call it a day. Were all four of your kids there? Yeah, all four oh, of them. Oh, very nice. It was nice to my wife. And so what, what I was impressed by is he said, let me text you the pictures. I'm going to take them with my phone. I'll text you the pictures. And then he included a link to uh, TripAdvisor. That said, hey, Pat, used all of our names and said, if you've enjoyed the trip at all, would you please do me a favor and go to TripAdvisor and rate us? And I'm like, this guy's got the social media thing down. It costs nothing. So he didn't charge you for the photos. That's right. Except two minutes of his time. Yep. And then communicated with us. Some things things looking online at Yelp or that sort of thing work out great. Something that, that when you've got hundreds of thousands of reviews. He had, it's he had super helpful. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yeah. reviews. Um, other industries, not so much. You, you don't go looking at your CPA or your doctor on Yelp and yeah, get financial the two, services. two or three people that are got angry about something. Yes, yes. But financial services doesn't work well. But if you're going to a town, 
Phoenix, which I've gone to a couple of times And you're thinking, I'd like to life. go in some doom buggy thing, thing and pretend like I'm... First of all, that never <laughs> crossed my mind. That was the family that put them okay. together. <laughs> I never said, let's put a bandana on, a helmet on, and just go out and get as much dust as you possibly can really? in your face. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was great. But they don't let you just run like as fast as you want. You've got to follow people. It's not like you... You're not allowed to run across the desert. You got to follow a track. It's um, it's safe and sane, Scott. <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I'm, I was impressed by their sorry, marketing. I missed that. Uh, and my point being is, I'm trying to do point? a little bit of that own social what marketing. Was the, and what my was point. the name of the boondoggy operation? Dune buggy. <laughs> so, that would have helped if you had a memorable name it will give me give me a couple minutes i will, right. i'll you've, tell you you've got about I 20 tell, i will tell and you, then, uh, tell you. We'll but if you like this show uh and you and you liked it probably before i started asking for you to review it but and we're not going to send you pictures of your family yeah but that'd be a little creepy give us a review and let's go to the phones if you'd like to join the show it's 833 833- Triple nine six seven eight four. So that's eight three three triple nine six seven eight four. And um, you can call anytime. And if we're not on the air at that particular time, we will schedule a time where you can be part of the big radio show. And let's uh, talk with David. David, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Pat, pleasure talking to you guys, a loyal listener. Thank you, David. Um, listen all the time and you guys are usually really really clear but i heard something a couple of weeks ago you guys being able to retire at 55 and pull distributions from your 401k penalty free that's I've right i've been told it was 59 and a half that's wrong well it is right oh the rule is money from qualified retirement plans iras 401ks etc is 59 and a half if you pull money before then you get it hit with an early withdrawal penalty However, there's some exceptions to that. One of those exceptions is if you are age 55 or older in the calendar year in which you separate service from your employer, you can pull money from that employer's pension plan without being 59 and a half. You don't have to wait till 59 and a half. Okay. Okay. This is a regular, you know, 401k that company contributes to. Yeah, that's I right. contribute to. That's yeah. right. Um, so... So at 55, because I have the years of service and the age, yep. according to our 75 and out contract. Okay. Um, so I could actually retire at 55, which was my goal, um, at, without paying any kind of penalties. I thought I was just roped into 59 and a half nope. if I wanted to retire. Matter of fact, you can retire at age 40, 30, and take a, what's called a series of equal payments out of any or, or all of your retirement accounts, including IRAs, SEP IRAs, et cetera, provided that it's designed to last you until your dying day. So it might only be 2 or 3% but of you, the account balance. But you, you could do that, and we've had people, we've had clients do that way under 59 and a half. And that's Internal Revenue Code 72T that that falls under. So that's one of those, so it's a mandatory distribution until you're 59 and a half. That's correct? right, that's right. And you could just reinvest that money if you're not, because my wife has a really good pension, and I wasn't planning on touching mine anyways. But if we did need some money, I didn't want to pay that, you know, 10% penalty. That's right. And, by the way, if you're 55 or older in the year in which you separate from service, that is not the way to go, the 72T. The best way to do it is to leave the money in your 401K and take it out whenever you want it. Or leave what you need there, what you think you might need there. And, by the way, is it a deferred comp? Is it 457 or 401K? Which one is it? 401K. Okay. Actually, that was going to be my next question for you guys, too. At what age can I start diversifying? Because 99% of my stock is all P&G. At what point can I start, you know, moving this money around? So you work for Procter & Gamble. Does, does Procter & Gamble allow you to diversify within their plan? They've got they've had a very interesting plan. Yes, yes. They do have some small cap, large cap, you know, stuff you can move money around. But literally, I haven't done it because it's, Procter & Gamble's done, done so good for me. Over well, the you don't know. Let's just always do so you can diversify oh, inside I mean, that 401k today. So, Dave, so David, so here's what I'm thinking of. Actually, I think this guy's name was David, too. Um, back in the 90s, this, this gentleman would come in like once a year and talk with me. This is when I was still taking on new clients as an advisor. He'd come in once a year and talk to me, work for GE. And he had all his retirement in GE. And we would have this discussion each year about diversification. His uh, Scott, it's GE. 
It's been around since the beginning of time. It's not going anywhere, right? And then he eventually retired in 2000. I don't know what became of him because he kept everything in GE. I know what became of GE oh, stock. It's down about 70% right. over the last 20 years. Right. Well, a P&G's down, or a P&G's down four bucks today. That's why I'm like, all right, I got to start thinking about moving some money around. The, the risk, it, look, and you do this sort of thing not as a way to try to get excess returns. You do it as a way to minimize your downside. Because correct, correct. <laughs> right? I mean, Procter Gamble is a great company. There's no question about it. They've been around a long time. They know what they're doing. They're all those things. But who knows what could what could happen? And suddenly, I don't know, some sort of chemical fire that they were. Who knows what could happen? Right. I mean, well, and that's my point. I'm, now I'm 53, and I'm sitting here going, I don't know. I at this point, if I want to retire at 55, I can't absorb a $500,000 loss. Well, then but, but you answered your own question, right? So y y you may want to pay for a financial advisor to actually reallocate that portfolio. And it sounds like you have 100% equity, which may or may not be the appropriate. But who knows? I mean, they're, in this environment, they might find something that Mr. Proctor or Mr. Gamble did back in the day that requires <laughs> them to be canceled. <laughs> Part of the cancel culture. <laughs> back in the 1870s. Who knows, right? But but there. Okay. Let me ask you a question, David. You bring uh, in a half million dollars today, and you say, Pat, I'd like you to invest this for you. And I say, I got a great idea. I have this single company stock. I want you to put all your money into it. What would you say to me? It depends on what the company is. <laughs> you <laughs> so should. Amazon or I might roll the dice. <laughs> okay. Well, you should you say. You don't roll the dice in your retirement. You should say. <laughs> you should say, that is the dumbest idea I think I've ever heard. Right? Right. Be because yeah, yeah. you wouldn't, you have an affinity to this company stock because you know it and it doesn't appear to have risk. But so did the right. people that worked for Enron and WorldCom yeah. and name it. And it, it, listen, I mean, look at on the West Coast, um, PG&E. This is gas and electric, PG&E. It was a widows and orphan stock. So you most- It was, at, at a, widows and orphans. At a minimum, you want to diversify away from that. It, it, you may even want to start pushing some bond into the portfolio at 53 if you think you're going to retire at age 55. But a good financial planner well, would do that. And you won't you. have a pension, right? Just your, your company savings plan. Yeah, well, my part I contribute to and the part the company contributed to also. That's yeah, right. yeah. In Procter & Gamble shares. I know I could switch. I know I could, yes, in Procter & Gamble yeah. shares. I know I could switch around and move it money that I got coming out of my check because I got roughly – I don't know, two thousand dollars a That's month. That's not going to move the needle. But yeah. right, but I can diversify it now and start putting it in others. But I so, still have ninety nine. So every every time, whenever the, when it, and these happen once or once or twice a year, some company flames out. I remember when and you brought up Enron. When Enron happened, they had all these people, all oh, these poor people, lost their life savings, and they did. Oh, I'm so sad. And I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm sorry to say it, but you were the fool to have everything in one company. But but David, but you're but I think you're mistaken. Any of the deposits that you put into your company 401k, you can direct anywhere That's you right. want. The match, That's the my or the yeah. money that the, the stock they automatically give you because they've got like a profit sharing type thing. You can direct anywhere yeah. you want. The match, no, the profit, the money that the company gives you. It's not. I don't think it's a match at Procter Gamble. They have a weird. Okay. The longer you're there, and the higher percentage of your pay they put in the stock. Twenty three and a half percent. Twenty. Okay, there we okay, go. There we go. But any of your own monies can be directed in any investment that's on the menu of the four hundred one k. The stuff that I put in. The that's right. That's right. That's right. Though. That okay. is right. That is okay. right. And so, at a minimum, you want to start doing that. You want to start doing. We're that. We're doing okay. all of that. I mean, you'd probably still have half of your your retirement plan still in Procter and Gamble shares, even if you diversified as much as yeah. you could. Right. I, I, I think we're about 50-50 right now as much as I And it's not it like Procter & Gamble's been um, uh, Amazon or yeah, Tesla. The stock's done right. market return, essentially, right? right? So you've got yeah, – yeah. you're taking on – you're taking on you, – I mean, you haven't been – you've taken on a lot of risks the last decade that you've not been compensated for. You've not got excess returns. Right. I mean, okay. I haven't really compared the stock right. lately, but – so you need to you need to make some changes, but the you but you okay. didn't call for us to tell you that. 
The answer is yes, you could pull money out of your 401k at 55 I'd rather you pay penalties on early withdrawals than have 99% of your portfolio in one stock. But, but it doesn't have to, you know, it's not an either or. Those aren't the only two choices. This is the same thing my wife does to me. Well, I'd rather we eat at this restaurant or not eat at all. Well, there's not, those aren't the only two choices. That's when you just tell your wife, fine, that restaurant sounds fine to me. No, no, that's not how we play. <laughs> we play that back gets his way. <laughs> okay. So, regardless of what it is. <laughs> oh, you want Mexican? Oh, I want Italian. Huh? <laughs> okay, David. So, anyway, sit sit down with a qualified advisor. Uh, Seriously. Sit down with a qualified advisor. In fact, okay. we have. We and have, you might be. And look, you're probably thinking, oh, come on, it's Procter and Gamble. Nothing's going to happen to Procter and Gamble. Maybe. No, I'm not thinking that. Uh, that's why I'm worried. Okay, we have 90 <laughs> plus advisors. We have 90 plus advisors in our like office. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, 80 plus. But our office in Cincinnati, we have experts that work with Procter and Gamble employees. Yeah, we have an uh, office in Cincinnati. We have an office in Cincinnati, which happens to be um, we have quite a few Procter and Gamble employees. There. Lots and lots and lots and lots. So uh, if you come in and, and and we could hook you up with an expert at Procter and Gamble. So. There okay. you go. Appreciate Sounds the call. Guys. Thank you for your time, and we love the show. All right, thank, thank you, you, David. Appreciate it. Yeah, and it's, I certainly hope that was we a don't... shameless promotion, by the way. But we do yeah, have I... experts on <laughs> I know. Procter I know. and Gamble. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with every once in a while shameless promotion. Yeah, it, but we do. I mean, it's we're not in... getting paid by anyone else to promote their <laughs> wares or services. That's a good point. So, but there we, we do have an office in Cincinnati, is where Mr. And Procter or Mr. Gamble or Mrs. Or is Mr. that where they started? Yeah, didn't they? They have a big know. office there. I don't know where that's plant. started. Is it an office or plant? I don't know. Something. <laughs> There's a lot of employees there. But it's a... I mean, I, I often think about the guy... I think the guy's name was David who with, with G, um, GE. E. And I just remember looking at him saying, well, I'm not going to sit and have this argument with you. What's the point? Yeah. You can either take my advice or don't take my well, advice. Scott, but you and I have had the experience of air touch. Remember air touch? And Well, we've had lots of experience. We've sat across the table with people. I sat across from a table with someone that Lucent. Lucent Technology lost ninety five com lost ninety five percent of its value. And I remember the person saying to me, This is doing so well, why would I ever get rid of it? And then when it lost ninety percent of the value, he came back in and said I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look and that's that's how it works. And when we at least the way we like to think about the world of finance is having the highest probability of outcome. So if we're looking at retirement, what are those things that we can do with our finances, with our insurances, whatever those things are to, so, to give us the highest degree of probability of a long successful retirement, at least from the financial side of things, having all of your money in one particular company just, just it wrecks yeah. those. But by the way, the downside of that is you didn't have all your money in Tesla or Amazon. But by the way, most people didn't own Amazon from the very beginning. Jeff only, Bezos. Only a few did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's continue on with calls. 833-99-WORTH is the number. We're in Northern California with Tim. Tim, you're worth All Worth's Money Matters. Good day, gentlemen. A pleasure to speak with you. Thank, thank you. you so much for taking my call. Oh, thank you, Tim. Uh, it's uh, uh, This is in regards to uh, insurance within the uh, my IRA account. Uh, what spurred on the question is insurance that within a, your retirement account. Yeah, well, the insurance on the uh, that is provided by. Uh, what, what, let me explain. What, what what started on was I received a notice saying that they were going to reduce. It, it's it's a merger coming up. And they were going to reduce the FDIC insurance on cash. Now, I understand that's just cash. Mm -hmm. But that spurred me on to look into the SIPC insurance uh -huh. in terms of on the company itself. That's right. So I, I start thinking about, you know, Lehman Brothers, a company that just disappears or something like that. Uh, and it, it, it says that uh, the amount of that SIPC insurance is $500,000. Uh, we have... Uh, my wife and I have several different accounts around, but this one particular account is close to that uh, uh, number in terms of uh, total account value. So my question is, is should I be concerned about uh, that account, you know, with that $464,000, whatever it is, 
uh, in getting close to that $500,000 number? Should I think about transferring part of it, you know, rolling it over into another account at another institution so that I have that insurance coverage? The coverage, yeah, yeah, it does. And I appreciate the, the so question. Let's, and let's explain what and Securities Investors Protection Corporation is. What is it? CIPIC. So the I don't so, so the SIPIC actually is and and you made a compa- comparison to Lehman Brothers, which quite frankly isn't a fair comparison because the people that lost they were bought, weren't the, they? Uh, or is it no, Bear the, Stearns that was Bear bought? Stern, Lehman, one, one Lehman, was bought, one went Lehman Blue, but but the, the people that lost money were were actually counterparty creditors on um, oftentimes on credit default swaps. Where okay. Security Investors Protection Corporation will protect you if the institution becomes insolvent. It doesn't mean that those underlying assets themselves become insolvent, right? So let's right. say that you hold this at what, – what institution are you holding it at? What custodian? Uh, this one is – this particular account's over at E-Trade, and okay. they're going to be transferring over to Morgan Stanley in January. Okay. So let's Doesn't just, Morgan Stanley have excess insurance? They, well, he said he, you're moving it to Morgan Stanley, correct? E-Trade bought uh, – Morgan Stanley bought I, E-Trade. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, Morgan Stanley may have a higher SIPC level than uh, so Excess E-Trade. insurance. Oftentimes – well, let's so let's okay. continue. What it guarantees that you own those securities, and it'll do everything in its power to make sure that it finds the rightful owner up to five hundred thousand dollars worth of securities. So, if okay. you had ten million dollars in the Vanguard S and P five hundred fund, and Morgan Stanley went belly up for some reason, it doesn't mean that that ten million dollars is gone. It's still your asset. It, it just it's not no, it's no longer held at Morgan Stanley. You're going to have to actually either hold it at Vanguard or Schwab or wherever else, right? So, and oftentimes companies will have excess coverage. Like the last time, I think I'm not going to say any company names because I forget. But I remember years ago, someone was asking me because I think one of our accounts we had like 25 million dollars of excess coverage, and someone was asking. I said, oh, "Come on, I think that insurance is probably almost free." I yeah, mean, it doesn't. <laughs> the chances of it being used are almost zero. Yes. So got it. it, it it's, uh, but so I do. Why I would think that uh, Morgan Stanley has some uh, uh, some sort of excess insurance that covers beyond the five hundred thousand dollars SIPC level. Yeah, and actually, okay. I wish, um, I wish, I actually talked to a friend of mine that works at Morgan Stanley less than an hour ago. You did? Yes. And I very well could have asked him this question. He would have known it. Um, but it's not a big deal. It, it, uh, you should not worry about that. It's not the same as FDIC insurance. All. FDIC insurance okay. actually covers the asset. And SIPC will cover up to a hundred thousand in cash. So anything above that, that's where there, there could be some, but even in saying that you can have FDIC accounts inside of a brokerage account that is SIPC insured. Right. Right. Complete. But that would just be limited to cash, correct? That is correct. But remember, it's they don't guarantee against loss of value of the asset itself. Hence, no, the S and P. Just if someone were to steal it from them somehow, you would get coverage. Or, or if the company itself were to go completely, as you said, if Morgan Stanley were to fail tomorrow or something like that, but I would still have that asset regardless. That's correct. That is correct. Got so it. So you shouldn't wor- so you I don't, worry about this. I don't need to worry about uh, the limitation on the insurance, and I'll actually check with Morgan Stanley and see if they have something beyond that. Uh, One last question on that. With the other accounts that I have in other firms, uh, uh, none of them or none of the particular accounts are of that number, but added up in a a given uh, – in one particular institution, I have over $500,000. Is it just per account? They're they're typically per account. They're typically per account. Now, let me ask you a question. How much liability on Bell Insurance? And by the way, I I was thinking about, I have no idea what sort of limitations, what insurance there is on my personal account. I don't even think about it. Yeah, That's Uh, the level of risk there is. Yes. How much liability insurance do you have on yourself, on umbrella liability? I I don't have any. I, my liability insurance is limited to uh, my my assets, if you will. In other words, you know, you're talking about like long-term type of care and all that. No, kind of no, thing. no, no. Like an umbrella, an umbrella? Li- liability on your home and your homeowner's policy. Oh, Do you have like oh, a million, oh, 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 two oh, oh, million, five million. Yeah, it's about uh, it's two million. Okay, okay. good. good. 
Good, good. Yeah, and assume you don't have that's teenagers. That's much more important. One. That's the biggest question. When people start talking about insurance, that's the one that people normally miss. So if you have in- teenagers at home or grandchildren that come to your house, you want a big liability umbrella liability policy. Yeah, I've got the liability umbrella of $2 million. Uh, the house itself is worth uh, about seven fifty, eight hundred, something like that. And we have no kids. So, uh, and are, uh, you, are, you, are you retired? Uh, yeah. Yes, Just out of curiosity, what what kind of line of work did you do? Just this. I was a uh, uh, property development, oh, uh, building oh. contractor, property development, and all that. Uh, unfortunately, dealt with a little bit of a uh, 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 RA type of uh, uh, affliction. So, oh, kind of I'm sorry to, to move right. on out. And well, you know what? That, that whole one. But your line of work, it would actually lead you to actually be a little bit more cautious than most. Yeah, being a property yeah, yeah, developer, yeah, like, yeah, of right? Where's my money? Like, what do you mean you're not going to yeah. pay me? Yeah, right. it, 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 it's funny because my my family and friends, I'm I'm one of these that is just constantly, and and all my nieces and nephews, and constantly touting the the importance of financial planning and everything else, which is the things I had to do myself, right. you know, throughout my entire career. Right. And uh, yep. they, they get tired of hearing me. But well, listen, keep don't 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 quit talking. Yeah, no, it, and I guarantee anytime we, we, we talk, I, you know, it finally gets down to it. I said, listen, I'm not a professional. Go see the guys over at Allworth. Oh, so, I appreciate, uh, anyway. appreciate that. Well, appreciate the call. Yeah. We gotta run. You, We're almost out of time here. We got to um, plug a couple things before the end of our show. <laughs> what are we going to plug? We're going to, the, our featured articles this week on our website at allworthfinancial.com answering five questions about money. What are those questions? You got to answering the five questions about money. You have to go to the website, and we're going to answer five questions about money. And but we spend um, considerable resources on the website. It's not just a. It's all done in. Or yeah, it's, it's, it's done in house. We have professional have graphic artists, writers. Yeah. You know, researchers. Well, that, there's there's tremendous amounts of educational material on there. There's all kinds of. Uh, Podcast. Well, in addition to their podcast, there's guides, there's journals, webinars, webinars, social security information, calculators. Yeah, and if you don't currently subscribe to our newsletter, there's a way you can sign up for that as well because we send one out every Saturday morning. That's always got some good topics to it. So, anyway, it's been great being here with you. You've been listening to Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of Allworth's Money Matters. Have a great rest of your weekend. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.